Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the only podcast that isn't trolling for Google Plus invites. I'm pretty sure there's at least one more that isn't. It's Facebook, except it's not Facebook. Well, just like Facebook was MySpace, but not MySpace. (laughs) Well, I mean, considering how many issues Facebook has had with privacy, um, Google can still be semi-evil and beat them. But one thing, one thing I've heard that I like about it is they have separate lists for family, friends, and acquaintances. So they're not watering down the, the term friend by uh, saying that everyone you have even slightly come into contact with is now on your friends list. I know about you, but I'm friends with everyone on my Facebook uh, list, except, oh, for the not- people, except for the people I'm not. Exactly. My my point is, I think social networking can kind of water down no, the understanding let, of connections. But I was about I'm, to say, let's, let's not blame our, our social ineptitudes on uh, social media. We've had this problem for a oh, long I'm, I'm, time. I'm not blaming that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I think that it is a it is one factor. In any case, uh, you know who has no need for social networking. Michael Weston. <laughs> well, you wouldn't really want to give away your position when you're a spy. You don't want to give away your position. So posting Facebook updates would just be stupid. Yeah, it would get you killed. When you're a spy, sometimes you need to check and see what other people are doing. Sites <laughs> like Facebook and Twitter can be a great way to do this, but they also give away your position. Anyway, uh <laughs> There's, so there's, just eat a yogurt. We we thought that since we uh, talked with Mike Solisod about um, you know white collar and some of the other USA shows, it'd be fun. Since uh, you know they they just kicked off their summer season to uh, talk about some of the the new premieres. So you know I, I will not lie to you. Um, the only show that I have kept up with religiously is of course Burn Notice. Uh, which premiered last week, and, and they're getting ready to show the uh, second episode the night that we're recording this. So, still a lot of questions as far as what they're doing this year. Uh, th- it seems to be going on a different, uh, different path. But mm-hmm. oh my god, I, I thought I couldn't hate Jesse anymore, but 15 minutes in, they managed <laughs> to make me do it. <laughs> This, By being there when you thought he wasn't going to be there. No, it wasn't even that. I, I figured that he would be there because they didn't kill him. But, you know, his first appearance is, is for like two minutes. And it's Michael saying, hey, shouldn't you be back in D.C.? You know, we got you your job back. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, after working with you guys, I decided I couldn't go back to my old job. So I quit. Fuck you, Jesse. <laughs> it was season four with a character I don't even like to get you your job back and you fucking quit so you can haunt me some more? No. No. It, uh, it turns out it was just a dream sequence. Uh, Michael Weston dreamed the entire uh, nearly getting himself killed to get Jesse uh, exonerated. I wish... <laughs> that would have been acceptable. I wish Jesse had been part of an elaborate <laughs> dream sequence because then i could just write write him off as being the squeaky wheel that michael is having nightmares about <laughs> see that's a like that's a long-standing uh, tv trope 
you know, a guy saying, hey, I decided I like it better here with you guys. Not so much. Uh, That's just bad, right? What, what, what I've found hilarious, and this could be completely apocryphal, but uh, somebody I was talking with about this said they saw on a message board where the reason Jesse's in the show for, or in the episode for so little time is because the because the producers were sort of caving to the fans that didn't much like Jesse. And the and what what I what I find so hilarious is that in trying to appease those fans, they ended up pissing off John worse. That's true. It, it's a true fact. <laughs> that is so great. Hey, we're trying to help you out. By the way, we're gonna totally you, f over what you were watching before. If you have a uh, if if you have a uh, popular TV show, you are in a catch twenty two. There is nothing you can do. Someone will all, always be unhappy. But what I, I just find it funny they were able to anger people by trying to appease them. Yeah, well, the fact that they said. Oh, I quit my job. I'm going to stay here with you guys. It just means that he's going to be around. He's just going to be around less. And if they really get him to the role of, say, a Barry where he shows up, you know, like three times a season, I'd be perfectly okay with that. But they're probably going to find a way to shoehorn shoehorn him in to every episode regardless of what they're doing. Oh, uh, well, okay. If they – I don't know. I hope they don't. If they do, I hope it's – the same amount of time, two minutes. You get two minutes for every 60-minute episode. That's fair. That way the actor, who I'm sure is a perfectly nice guy, gets to cut a check, which I'm totally in favor of, but the character who I hate more than life itself, and I hate my life sometimes, uh, <laughs> just gets to go away. I'm And you know what? I th- when thinking about this, I had the exact same reactions. Like, you know, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy. I do not want him to lose his job. Crap, I hate Jesse. Crap, <laughs> crap, crap, I hate Jesse. Um, you know what? They could kill Jesse off, bring the actor back as a totally different character. <laughs> his, twi- his, twin, his twin brother, like they did in Voltron. Exactly, only this one is not whiny. This, that's it. It'll be Je- it will be Jesse minus the bitchy, whiny, I just want to be contrary to what everybody else wants to do. You're going to have to explain everything to me, even though I was a professional spy. Um, He's going to be the guy who, you know, after they kill him off and bring over his twin brother, he's going to be like, you know what I think about that plan? I like that plan. I'm happy to be a part of it. Let's go. Let's do it your way, Michael. You're you're the star of this show. And, And so is Bruce Campbell. Let's do what you guys say. So wait, Jesse, suck up Jesse. I don't anti Jesse. Let's call him the anti Jesse. <laughs> He's negative Jesse. I don't think that would be a good Jesse. thing. And two negatives do equal a positive. This is true. No, the suck up would be worse. Like I, I don't know. I would get some small amount of satisfaction in seeing uh, fake Jesse just sort of not uh, fuck things up. <laughs> It would be nice for a change, you know, just for a change. Right. It's just painful to watch any show where there are characters, you know, groveling over, you know, the main characters. Anyway. I, I don't know. I think Michael Weston needs a sycophant. There's that, there, that's definitely something that's, that's missing in that show. No. <laughs> no. 
No. Just, no. Uh, you know why Dylan is so opposed to this? Why? Dylan is Jesse. Dylan is our Jesse. He is. Not. You are. See? You're proving my point for me. You're proving my point for me. You need to shave your head bald. No, and I then don't. shoot John through the shoulder. <laughs> I have been nearly to bald save my life. my life. Oh yeah, oh, obviously only to save your life. Right. <laughs> oh. Oh, I do. Not I will be. I, I, I should state at some point that I have not kept up with any of these shows. I went back and watched Burn Notice and Suits on uh, Hulu, and just so I could actually kind of talk intelligently about them. Hooray! So, so talk intelligently about Burn Notice. Go. Um, I haven't watched it for a couple of seasons, and it just like freaked me out that like, okay, they there's some sort of relationship between uh, Michael and Fiona now, and it's going all plot driven because now he's you know actually got some sort of overarching mission, and it's just like this well, is the point. In, in most TV shows I've watched, where when it stops being about the characters and it starts being plot-driven, if they wrap it up, it will be good. If they decide to keep going with it, oh my gosh! I, I think you're be- I think you're sorely mistaken because they do this at the beginning of every season where they kick it, kick it off with some sort of huge plot-driven episode, and then in the next episode it's back to. We're doing one-off episodic missions to pay the bills. Well, at the last five minutes of every episode, we find out something new about the plot. That's how that show works. The mission of the week um, thing. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, that's that's the pattern they have followed. So for all intents – I mean, granted, we've only seen the first episode, obviously. Um, I mean, we have no reason to believe that it – Will be any different? We'll see. We'll see in in half an hour or so. Because the the first episode of last season, you know, he was in some jungle, you know, tracking down. Uh, I forget what it was, but anyway, it, it ended up that first okay. episode was like, okay, we're gonna do a, a whole plot heavy episode, and then yeah. right up until you know the mid season break, we're to, we're gonna go back to episodic stuff. I'm I'm kind of thinking like I, I had flashbacks of like BSG midway through the third season or fourth season or like the third season of Eureka where it's like you have fundamentally altered the DNA of the show. When Bruce Campbell starts uh, saying lines from all along the Watchtower, I'll check out a burn notice too. Yeah. <laughs> that- well, I mean, obviously <laughs> it's not going to be the same as like a sci-fi show, but you still have the same concept of like, because we were talking about this last night, you know, like, when you fundamentally change like the way the characters interact and some of the things that they are teasing you with and you actually make them happen, it's, I don't know. They either have to uh, stay on, on plot or uh, just drag it out. <laughs> okay. So, so we've got a few more shows to cover in about, you know, 20, 20 minutes. minutes yeah yeah yes. we're, we're on a clock I, i'm not missing burn so no. so what's next uh let's go ahead and talk about white collar because that's the other show that i've i've kept up with uh semi-religiously um you know at the end of last season they they had this very unexpected twist where it ends with neil uh 
being in a room with a bunch of stolen treasure, and we're not sure if he stole it or, or you know, what exactly had happened there. Um, and it turns out this season that Mozzie was the one who stole a shitload of art. And, uh, like, this this is going to be uh, Neil and Mozzie's one big score, and then they're going to go away. And uh, then something happens in the first episode where they can't make their big getaway. And now they're sort of stuck there for the season with all the stolen art. And I don't know where the hell they're going with this because it suddenly turned from sort of this odd couple buddy cop show where you know you've got the art thief working for the FBI which is sort of the the charm of the show to a more adversarial type of show where it's you know Peter versus Neil in a battle of wits and wait this yeah. isn't why I'm, th- this isn't why I tune in to watch this show but i think from what from what i've seen so far they've still done a really good job like they're still the even even though they've they've managed to to balance the adversarial thing with the buddy thing, without going too far in either direction, which basically is what they have to do the entire season until the resolution of 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 this. Yeah, I'm curious curious what's going to happen with it because you know somebody's going to get fucked over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't. I and and I'm like you. I I haven't a clue. I mean, it could really. I would, I would be equally surprised no matter which way they go with it. The the one thing that would not surprise me is if someone else steals all of their art, and then uh, they like maybe Alex or something, and somehow she gets in over her head, and then they have to rescue her, and they lose all the art. Maybe that, that seems that seems to be what they would do. A very uh, cowboy bebop sort of. Uh, we came so close, but you know, didn't get yeah. to do it. You know, it, it's going to be one of those things where Neil is faced with a moral dilemma, and then he chooses, you know, the 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 good guy choice. He's going to make the obvious good guy choice. That, I, will, I, that will keep the show going. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not necessarily. I mean, yeah, the safe money is that he'll make the the quote unquote right choice. Um, because to do otherwise would really mean reverting – well, not even reverting the show, but um, switching it to the – now it's a cat and mouse game between Peter and Neil, which yeah. I, don't, I, I, I don't see them doing. But it's one of those things where I really – like I said, the safe money is on, on the right choice, but I, I, don't, I don't think anything's certain at this point. And what's really interesting, though, I can't remember. Maybe it was you, John, that mentioned it, um, or maybe it was somebody else I was talking to, that said the the sort of the, the overarching plot, anyway, of the the art and whether they'll get away or not. That if you were to watch it, one one what one takeaway you can or one interpretation is that nothing's going on. Yeah. Did you say that? Uh, I I don't know if I said that or not, but that's that's definitely the the way that's go the way that seems to be going on. I said this to you, Charlie. Was that right now Neil is stuck with having to think about it, yeah, as opposed to just you know taking taking the art, selling it, and having this huge score. He has to sit there and think about what he's done, and you know the life that he's building with Peter versus you know 
this life that Mozzie's trying to, to hook him up with. Yeah, and I and my interpretation, the flip side of it is just that it, it, my or my takeaway was there's actually a lot going on, but it's no longer action driven. It's it's totally psychological. So so it's really easy to to come to come away with okay nothing's going on because really in the sense nothing is but then in another sense there is stuff going on yeah and charlie i mentioned this to you i think i think another possible outcome of this would be say that he did get away with it and he mm-hmm. did you know steal the art successfully sell it and uh you know he he's had his big score and now he's done i think he would realize that he he would be bored with it yeah. you know i i think he'll realize that you know what's interesting about about it is not you know the actual art of stealing, but outwitting somebody. Yeah, and, uh, and that's what he what he has with his FBI job, and I think that's that's what will keep him there ultimately. Yeah, and that's and I, and I think that's completely correct. I mean, if if they choose to go the route that he gets away with it, gets the art, gets out, I, I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind. That at some point that would be the logical result is because because they've been and I think there's a mention in last in in the last season where they're doing some of the um, the um, flashback stuff to the to the guy that was also after the treasure when they were when you know he, they were trying to scam him while working for him um, that you know they were looking for that one big score that they could retire on right so it's sort of been the the theme of Neil and Mozzie's career together. Is it to, to, it, at least to my perspective, is they're trying to that that one big score. If we can only get that, and you know, how many things do you think? Oh, once I get this, everything's going to be different, and I'm going to be happy. And, and it's not. Get, yeah, exactly. And and I, and I think that's the logical end result if that happens. The other thing, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it occurred to me today: the la- last couple episodes, these, these first few episodes of White Collar, um, at least with one or two of them. It seems like Peter's been far more involved in the scam part of it. Uh, whatever trying to con they're trying to do, like with the la- last episode where he was supposed to be the dentist from Detroit, mm-hmm. and and I, I don't know if they're I, I don't know I, I think I'm probably reading too much into it. The idea that they're putting Peter in more of the situations of understanding what drives Neil, which is the con itself. I don't know. Again, I think I'm probably reading too much into it, and the silence suggests so. <laughs> uh, I I I just don't know. Um, it, it's one of those things where I think the fact that they've gone gotten away from having this overarching plot, mm-hmm. uh, it's a good thing because they can kind of be free. With it, but mm-hmm. the fact that they tried to throw something in there and nothing ever really got resolved completely mm-hmm. just makes the show feel a little disjointed right now. It's like I, I don't think they know where they're going with it. I get that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's, that's there. There, there's a definite difference in shows, and and I could you know read off a list as long as my arm of shows that when you're watching them. Whether they do or not, you have a feeling that they know where they're going, mm-hmm. and then there are other shows that they just obviously 
don't know where they're going or they don't go, do a good job of hiding that they don't know where they're going. Burn notice, you know, having watched it from beginning to end, I always feel like they know where they're going with it. Yeah. You know, I never, you know, there, there, there have been a couple of times where I've really questioned that where, or I start to think, okay, this, this just seems a little too far fetched. And then they, they bring it in in such a way where I'm like, okay, I'm sold. They're not going to, what you're saying is they're not going to introduce a whole bunch of plot twists just for, you know, that sensational tonight on a very special episode sort of, <laughs> of thing. Right. <laughs> Which is why I never judge a season of Burden of until, you know, I'm at least halfway into it. I, I, I totally get that because I've seen that with shows as well. That's a good point. Uh, but but white collar, I just get that feeling right now. Where even though, though the the show largely because of the cast is just really super solid, I I feel like with the overarching story, they don't know what they're doing. That's very possible, or they've just fooled us really well. Yeah. Well, we've got about ten minutes left. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's let's shotgun some of these other shows that I haven't watched. Okay, All Dylan, right. you saw Suits, right? Yes. Okay, let's go over it. What do you think? Um. I don't know, like, it, it's, I wasn't really big on it, I'm not mm-hmm. too big on this style of show, like, I just could not get into White Collar at all, of course, I'd never seen an episode, but, um, I don't know, like, the jerk lawyer and the mm-hmm. jerk uh, genius thing, it, it yeah. was kind of hard for me to, like, find a likable character. Okay, uh, yeah, I can I can see that there's not... Yeah, there's not a lot of so far. There's not much in the way of care other than the grandmother. There yeah, is there's not a lot of characters you can just plain feel good about. Yeah, not necessarily feel negatively toward other than the the one sort of partner who's a serious jerk. Yeah. Um. Well, like the genius kid, like he's I don't even remember their names, but like. We'll just call him Gene Skate because I can't remember it either. He's, he's a likable character, but he always, like, when he's arguing with a lawyer, he always comes back to, oh, yeah, you know, like, I mean, he, he said some line about, like, you know, I hang around stupid people to see how the other half lives or something like that. It's like, wow. I, I yeah. don't know. No, I, he's, no, I don't know. I mean, it's not that any of them are bad people, but, but yeah. yeah. But I, I do enjoy. I, I did like the sort of um, back and forth, and it seems like the second episode will be the same way from the previews. The sort of back and forth of, okay, where is this kid gonna gonna turn out? You know, like yeah. he keeps wavering back and forth between this life that he wants and the life that he had. You know, it seems like he's stuck in the middle of it and keeps wavering back and forth. Um. The best illustration of that being when he has that briefcase, you know, full of marijuana, and he's and he's carrying it around. And I didn't know what was happening, and or didn't understand why he was doing it until the one lawyer points out, "No, that's your backup plan." So you can so you can be okay if this you can, you can feel okay with saying no to this to be to becoming a lawyer and having a better life. Yeah, um, I thought that was kind of cool, actually. And I liked the the overall you – know, it's one of the few – he's one of the few sort of stoner characters that I don't immediately turn off. Um, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, uh, I, I know what you mean about uh, somebody's a stoner character and you completely check the fuck out. Yeah. Because you well, know what they're going to be giving like, you. Like every Seth Rogen movie ever. Yeah. Exactly. But the issue, and, and the reason I like this guy, and the reason I like, actually, in, in total, the way they deal with the whole drug issue, you know, because you've got the, this kid who needs this money and his best friend is a well-to-do drug dealer and says, hey, you need to come work for me and I'll give you $25,000, and then it all goes very south. Um, but the, the, whole, the whole way they deal with it is put um pretty well i think instead of just the the normal um uh hey kids drugs are bad uh it was more in the sense of okay the life you have where you're kind of a stoner you you uh help college kids cheat to make your living um all this stuff it, you know you this is what you've got Here's what you could have, what you were supposed to have, according to the character's backstory, which was to become possibly a lawyer. Um, well, you can't have them both. You yeah. can either, you know, because they, you know, they, they, they give the whole thing of, you know, we do drug testing, so stop using, stop talking to this guy that got you in trouble. But as it progresses, it, it's more than that. It's just, you know, you're not going to be able to function in this life if you try to hold on to this old one. Well, they kind of they kind of had the juxtaposition there with a lot of other things. Like the lawyer keeps telling him, you know, your problem is you care about people and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And and he kind of there is like when he's getting adapted into that life, he kind of has to make that choice. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I think in the end, what'll happen is. There are some elements of his old life, mostly the caring about people, uh, some of the better parts of it that he will hold on to while being able to get rid of the stuff that's that's kind of held him back in his life, basically. Okay, quick, quickly, quickly, we got five minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, Royal fans. I saw last night's episode. I, I enjoy Royal Pains, and I don't know why. Um, it's not necessarily as interesting as white collar or burn notice no it is not it's definitely not action oriented um but like many of the shows on usa for some reason i find myself drawn to it if i start watching an episode i'm i'm most likely going to finish it uh basically it's just the, the the episode is just the startup of the next summer i like that they 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 made it happen sort of in real time in the sense that while they were on hiatus for the what fall winter spring that time has passed. Now it's the beginning of the next summer. Um, so it's I like that, and 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 they they sort of undid some of the stuff that happened at the last end of the last season uh, with them getting kicked out of the house owned by Boris, and you know he they get invited back basically. Um, but it's a pretty normal episode. Otherwise, I mean, there's no. I didn't. I don't recall there being any inkling of to come. What's to come, except for the the um, Indian lady. That the big turn for her is, you know, she she basically broke off her arranged marriage, and at the end of the episode, her parents have disowned her and kicked her out of the house. Okay. Uh, uh, quickly, uh, anybody watch uh, Covered Affairs? I have. Yeah. I've seen like two episodes of it, and it is basically the same as it was. I mean, I've not – again, I've not caught – unless there's an episode I missed where they explain it. 
so far no overarching plot um into the last episode the the sort of big plot point is that uh the guy whose name i can't remember the blind guy yeah augie augie gets a promotion to like this congressional office thing um as a result it looks like in the future episodes he won't be able to help her um so i don't know how that's going to affect that that sort of friendship relationship um Again, though, Covert Affairs is one of those things that is not necessarily – well, not anything like any of the other USA shows. It doesn't follow the formula, uh, and the reason – if like if you ask me, oh, you want to watch an episode of Covert Affairs? I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. I can take it, leave it. But for whatever reason, if you start me – if you give me five minutes uh, – the five, first five minutes of the episode, I will not be able to freaking turn it off and go to bed. They, they have this ability to end – to start every – or um, in for commercial break, almost every commercial break at some sort of of tipping point, at some sort of cliffhanger. Okay, uh, closing thoughts. Um, um, oh, and I saw most of Necessary Roughness, which I didn't think I was going to see at all. And yeah, it's okay. I'll probably I'll probably catch more of it to see what I like. And and for some reason, there's no Psych. Is there, are they still making Psych? I have no idea. I think it's on during like the fall. Okay, because they brought back like every show all at once within a within a span of four weeks. <laughs> I like Psych. Yeah, I like Psych as well. Um, Franklin and Bash, surprisingly good, mostly because of Breckenmeyer. Which one's that one? It's the one with uh, Zach from Saved by the Bell and Breckenmeyer. Their lawyers. Wow. It's on USA. Yeah, it's on TNT. It's on. It's on the ampersand. Oh, okay. yeah. With with Rizzoli and I, Law and Order, uh, Franklin and Bash. Uh, this and that, something, something, and something else. I don't know. Every, every one of their titles has has the word "and" in it, so I call That's it. True. You know, TNT. I just call the ampersand. Nice. Well, okay. Uh, that's any, that's. Any uh, other final? Yeah. Anybody? No. Nope. Um, I'm other than that. So far, I really think as a as a whole, the lineup looks really good. We'll see how it performs, as it were. But yeah. So okay. probably not gonna keep up with it. There's uh, nothing that really grabbed me. Just, just real quickly before we go, thoughts on uh, the Mike interview, Charlie? Um, he's pretty badass. Agreed. He's, he's. I don't. And I don't want to say that any interview wasn't fun, but he was. He was a really fun interview, and maybe that was because it was very low key, very casual compared to a lot of our interviews and in person, which yeah. lately a lot of our interviews hadn't been. But, but. I had a lot of fun with that one. I really did. Yeah, he's he's a very nice guy. He blends in very well at the convention. Yeah, whether that's good, I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment, but it is true. Well, it, that's that's the thing though is that he will sit down and talk to just you know whomever, which is you know good on him. But yeah. but you know it, it's one of those things he can kind of get away with it because he just blends in so well with the crowd. He's he's younger. You know, you, you see a younger guy in his in his early twenties wearing you know. A soul eater hat and T-shirt. You know, you're not gonna think anything of it. Yeah, and and he's and he was a fan. He he really comes across to me as a fan first, actor second. Yeah. So. Well, uh, everybody enjoy the uh, the Micah Solis interview. Uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And uh, make make sure you listen closely because you get to uh, hear about one of my deep dark secrets. Ooh. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. Uh, enjoy the interview. We're off to watch Burn at us. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast coming to you from Hamacon 2011. 
We are happy to be joined by none other than voiceover artist and uh, tremendously talented uh, young person, Micah Sulisa. Micah, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? Uh, doing very well, doing very well. Thanks. Keep it together, man. Keep it together. Yeah, we, we're already off the rails. We have not even gotten started, and this, this interview is already going to be... It's going to be fantastic. Agreed. <laughs> Best interview ever. He's fun. Can we keep him? Sure, why not? All right. Uh, I love how everyone just agrees to keep me and just... So how do you like Tennessee? You can come live in Tennessee with us. It's better than Alabama. <laughs> it is better than Alabama. I've actually never been to Tennessee, so... Uh, come to MTAC next year. Here we go. Tell them to invite me and... Uh, we uh, will. We got, we got Tara Platt and Yuri Lothal there this year. We'll, we'll get you over. No, we didn't. Oh, I, we sure didn't. We did. I, I, that's, that's my story. I am sticking to it. <laughs> we interviewed them. They said they wanted to be there. I sent Lucas an email, and then what do you know? They're there. By God, we got them. <laughs> Doesn't matter that you ignored the invite right. from months. the call. From like 12 months ago. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Enough about them. Oh, yeah. we, we did an interview with them. We're, to my we're done with them. So, uh, yeah, we're done no. with you. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's 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 been fun. This this is gonna be great. Um, so what have you been up to recently that you can't talk about? Um, nothing really much. No. I mean, <laughs> I can't. Uh, I went up to L.A. just recently to record for my first video game. Um, I'm not. I'm still not entirely sure how I got the part. I just got an email saying, "Hey, do you still do freelance work?" I'm like, "Yes." When did I never? Anyway, but um. Yeah, and then they said, okay, well, we're going to be doing this game in L.A., and we'd like you to come and play it. I'm like, okay, cool, yeah. So, um, but I can't talk about it yet, I don't think. But you just did. Well, in, in, in detail. Aside from, it's a game, and I did a voice of it. Um, yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> now, you've, you've not been doing voice acting for very long, have you? I think maybe two or three years. Okay, so still kind of new to the convention trail, too. Yeah, by all... Yeah, actually, I'm just going to say, yeah. How's, how's that treating you? It's an interesting experience. I've, I don't really have much prior con experience. Uh, even as an anime fan, I didn't go to any cons. Um, so getting to interact with all of the attendees and the staff and you know, people like you guys who, who do podcasts and stuff, it's, it's it's really interesting. I like it. It's a scene that I definitely want to stick around until they kick me out. Awesome. Well, at least in your case, they asked you to, to come to their conventions where we're like, hey, can we can we come and get in for free and talk to people? <laughs> you know, they're usually like, uh, I guess. You've got a website? Yeah, it's legit. <laughs> it's legit? we got papers. Ignore the tripod at the end of the <laughs> right. site name. <laughs> Um, so you you did say that you were an anime fan prior to hanging conventions, and what what are some of your favorite shows? Um, I'm a huge fan of Roni Kenshin. Awesome, awesome. Um, let's see. Ah, uh, I hate it when this happens, and I blank out. I'm like, yeah, I swear I'm an anime fan. I I like that one show. The the one show with, with the, the, the guy hair. with the spiky hair. Yeah, the guy with the spiky, <laughs> and he had like the color, the weird colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a giant robot. There's a giant, yes. well. And a cute little girl. In Kenshin? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That, that, was, that was in... Uh, Sound 3. That was, yes, that was the in, filler that was arc. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there you uh, go. All the Christians had giant robots. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. that. Oh, Dean. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, 
I really dug Cowboy Bebop and I guess the classics. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really into like good animation, so if it has it, even if the storyline's kind of just like this, uh, and by this I mean flat line, as if you can actually see what I'm doing, because it's audio! Thank God yeah. somebody else does the visual <laughs> joke during an audio podcast. Ah, uh, okay. There we go. Um, I liked Air. I thought it was beautifully animated and everything, and storyline was really deep, and pulling at the heartstrings. Yeah, just a few. Awesome. Uh, so, what was it that first drew you to acting? Um, I don't know. As, as a kid, I was just always really animated. You know, always a kid who was just like flailing his arms around and we were like, ah! my parents were like, you think you're just like a live action cartoon? Like we can smack you and you just go flying. And they didn't really smack me. <laughs> <laughs> that was more of my, my cousin's deal. Just like push. Ah! It's like, you're just see, you're just like moving around like that. I'm like, okay, whatever. And that sort of carried into like, as I got older, uh, my friend kind of tricked me into joining this, this acting, summer acting program. It's like, come on, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, I'm bored. Why not? And I thought this is going to be really stupid. And then by the end of it, I was playing, uh, one of the main characters in their little, uh, play thing. And it's like, who knew I would have liked it so much? It was, it was, uh, very, very fulfilling as far as that went. I was able to take that crazy, weird energy and, and actually put it someplace instead of being annoying. Well, that's good. Uh, when, when you first said that they tricked you into it, I thought, you know, they were going to be like, oh, if, you know, if you walk through this door, there's going to be everything you ever wanted. <laughs> oh, it's like, like oh, candy and a puppy. <laughs> a million dollars if you walk through this door. Okay. You're going to be our slave forever. Oh, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, aside from... Uh, doing acting in school. Did you have any other uh, acting experiences? Uh, any theater groups or anything like that? Um, just small things during the summer, and uh, I did a lot of church plays as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. I, I'm glad somebody else has church plays on their resume. My, my resume <laughs> in acting right now consists of church plays and D&D. I played a woman in a church play, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was our director's <laughs> idea. Oh... That youth director was subsequently fired. That, that was Nathan's mom, dude. <laughs> how, how did that? How did that end? Did it end well? Was it, it a good it experience? It ended with man <laughs> bra. Um, <laughs> this explains <laughs> so much, dear. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm currently posting pictures on the website. I love my husband. Mm. I love my husband. Uh-huh. I think I just broke the interview. Uh, <laughs> this is a new record for me. Wow. Uh, you. <laughs> I got the high score. <laughs> I can't top that. <laughs> interview over. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. No. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see if we can get this back on track. Good what luck. Is, what is the one thing that you want our listeners to know about you? I'm not Johnny Young Bosch. That works. Which there is really? a follow-up question I, to I, that. You'd be surprised the amount of messages on Facebook and emails I've gotten saying, "Are you just? Are you really Johnny, just under a different name?" I'm like, um, "See, now I have a question um, though regarding that. Yeah. Um, can you actually produce your long-form birth certificate to prove that you are not Johnny Young Bosch? Not right now, no. But I do have my birth certificate because prove it. I mean, having met you both, I know you don't look anything alike, but." 
But I, and as and, taller, and as little as I know about acting, I'm pretty sure you have access to makeup artists and special effects wizards and regular wizards, and you can probably change your form. If 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 I had access to that, I would be using it right now. And, and <laughs> oh, 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 someone played the pity card. L- listen, now we feel bad for you. <laughs> We're gonna put a picture of Micah next to a picture of me, and then be like, okay, who would you rather be in this scenario? And I'm pretty sure that uh, in a hundred percent of the vote, it's gonna be Micah. Except for you. Or we could just walk out. I will not vote for me. I'll I'll vote for you. I'll vote for you. I appreciate that. I'll I'll vote for you. I kind of have to. Aww. Aww. I do think Mike is a cutie. Right. Wait, if you vote for him... (laughs) (laughs) Spit take. Let's tell him we can march him out to the lobby and say, Okay, ladies, gather around. My girlfriend would have something to say about that. Is she here? Yes. Oh, glad. She'll be be the first one to come, so... See, there you go. Yeah. Unless she's trapped in our alley, then. I'm screwed. Well, you can go get her and bring her. Yes. And just make sure she has enough money for bidding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a charity. She'll just use. So, coming back to the whole Johnny Young Bosch thing, I've never seen uh, Micah and Johnny in the same place at the same time. Really? Good point. You you missed Comic Con. Well, clearly. (laughs) So, you have been in the same room together. Yes. It was not a Bruce Wayne Batman kind of situation. No, no, not by It it wasn't like Johnny got and been like, excuse me, I need need to go get some water. Johnny, there's some water right I need to go get. The good water. I've, the I've good water. The voice water. Yeah, yeah. and then, then Mike comes back and I'm like, oh, sorry I'm late. I got caught up in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, look. Uh, look at the time. I, I have a doctor's appointment. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think I could pull that off very well. I'm not very smooth in that aspect. I kind of just trip and fumble a lot. So if that were to happen, then well, all right. it wouldn't last very long. All right. Unless all right. it's all an act. Uh, it's an act. Okay, as far as... <laughs> I, look at me! I'm trying to, to to be all serious again. It's not gonna work for us. Uh, I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm, I'll be. Um, that's okay. We already had my cross-dressing moment, so it kind of shut our credibility. Um, anyway, uh, going forward, do you have any aspirations towards doing any on-screen work? No, not by any means. I'm cool doing voice acting. I don't consider myself to be like a traditional actor. You know, who gets into everything like commercials and film and TV and and voice. But me, I'm just. I just do voices. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's the thing. If, if you're able to do it and you're happy doing that, more power to you. Yeah. Uh, who would you say has had the biggest impact on your career? My family. They've been ridiculously supportive. One day being like, hey, yeah, I, I actually got contacted by Funimation somehow. And in order to do this, I have to move from Hawaii to Texas. Kind of a downstep in the geography. Yeah. I mean, well, this is coming from a kid who didn't leave Hawaii for 18 years. Right. And then all of a sudden deciding, I'm going to move to Texas! <laughs> Howdy, y'all! Yeah, I, I refuse to say that, though. Bless you. I, I feel I feel that once I do that, I think it's almost like an excuse that, okay, I can let a little more of the accent slip in. Right. And then all of a sudden, because, you know, actors are kind of like sponges, so... You said picking things in, and I'm afraid that once I start doing that, I'm gonna, I, I won't be able to get rid of it. And Fight it all you want. Oh. <laughs> I, for, I'm from Hawaii, so my natural accent, I had to train out of me, and it took so long. Like, I still can't pr- pronounce things properly. People, like, other voice actors are always correcting me, like, hey, you didn't say that right. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. I did not know all these years that I was saying it wrong. But yeah. 
now we're going to move uh, away from sort of the business questions because one of the things that we like to do, if you want to hear more uh, inane questions like, how do I get into voice acting? And can you see the line from this show that I don't have on, D- uh, on DVD because it downloaded on the internet legally? <laughs> um, yeah, you can go to a panel. But uh, we, we kind of like to get to know... Uh, the character behind the character, if you will. The real you. The real, real you. me. Yeah, um, I'm going to You'd see it eventually. Uh, 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 with one stone. We've now interviewed Johnny Young Bosch and Michael Silverstone. <laughs> You've been boshed. Oh, well. one too many times. You <laughs> <laughs> oh. can probably press charges at this I'm point. joking. I don't... I, just, just for the record, I don't have anything against Johnny Bosch. I, I love his work and everything. He's a great person. So, just for the record, I don't hate him. We're, we're, <laughs> we're just gonna re-edit that to where it says, "I hate." I just for the record, I, I hate, hate Johnny Bosch. Hate him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's a ringtone. Yeah, everybody pull out your phone. Anyway, um, now you do a, a bit of art in your free time, correct? Sadly, yes. <laughs> How long have you been drawn? Uh, as long as I've been an animated kid who's got too much energy. Uh, for for more technical questions, I'm going to pass this over to Liz because she actually draws, and I I can't draw a straight line. Technical. So when you put the pencil on the paper and your perspective, and then um, <laughs> is there a certain medium that you prefer? Traditional pencil and paper. I've, I've tried. Digital. I've tried that, and I've spent hours bashing my head against my desk and being like, "Okay, when I turn the tablet, <laughs> yes. it's supposed to make no." Anyway, if you, and if you ever find or figure out how to do the pen tool and outline something, please let me know. I can't look well, worth anything. Neither can I. See, I cheat because I use a pencil and I just darken it in Photoshop, and they're like, "Your line is so perfect." I'm like. So Photoshop. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Is there anything specifically you do when you get into that artist block where you just can't get, or do you even experience that? All um, the time. More often than actually doing art. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of frustrating, but I think a lot of it is just your perspective. You get so caught up in this, you just need to just kind of stop for a bit. So a lot of times when I get an artist block, I just don't draw. I just go out and do something else and find inspiration, and then be like, okay, I found it again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just recently bought an art book from one of my favorite artists, and I was like, okay, artist block gone. I've, I've, I've found a lot of inspiration and techniques that I thought, you know, I can apply this to my art, so. Who are some of your favorite artists? Um, I'm definitely a fan of Atsuko Nakajima. Uh, she's the character designer for, well, the older ones are Ranma, You're Under Arrest, but the more recent ones are like... Uh, Get Backers and yeah. Trinity Blood, and uh, she did a, uh, most of the DVD art for Kenshin. So she's got this really ridiculous, like hair porn kind of thing going on with all like, the wavy hair, and like that is awesome. So not like actual porn. So. Um, not, yeah, <laughs> just just for yeah. there, there probably is that kind of a thing out there. Yeah, if you're looking Sad. for hair porn, don't don't look up this word. <sighs> yeah, um, and uh, Takeshi Obata, who. Uh, did the art for Death Note, Hikaru no Go, and uh, Bakuman. Um, and my favorite Western artist is Michael Turner. Uh, he did the Witchblade series and Batman Superman Supergirl. Yeah, very good. And unfortunately, he passed away, but his work is still awesome. Hmm. Uh, 
one thing that we we saw on your uh, website because I always you know do a little bit of e stalking and try oh. try and peer into your into your soul. Um, you're a fan of white color, right? Yes. Uh, you know, by the time that this goes up on the site, the new season will, will probably have started. But what do you think happened at the end of the last season? I actually didn't finish last season. Oh, did you not? I no, because by the time I actually got around to watching it, they took down the episodes online. I'm like, mm, no. Okay, well, I probably shouldn't spoil it for you. No, I probably I, uh, run like a marathon. Yeah, I I need to catch up on what happened. It I'm so missed. But yeah, it it's it kept getting more intense and more intense, and I was freaking out at every turn. And I th- I think it's one of the like the the best uh, chemistry. Mm-hmm. That I've seen in a while in a television show. Uh, do you have a favorite character? Oh, I, Neil and Peter are just fantastic. I, I, I want to say everyone else is they did a fantastic job too, but their chemistry specifically is just ridiculous. Especially yeah. in the episode where they they switched uh, roles. Oh yeah. yeah, I thought that was just hilarious because they got their mannerisms down and. You have to be really ridiculously close as actors, you know, as friends to be able to pull that off because, I mean, seriously, it, it was just so much fun to watch. Now, uh, do you like any of the other USA shows? Um, I used to watch Monk, and I'm a big fan of Psych. Um, I've yet to get into Burn Notice, but I hear it's very good. Love it. Um, yep. That's about it, I think. I... I do watch a lot of USA for a while, or I did for a while, but I've kind of started moving on to like I'm still a big fan of Castle. I don't know if you guys watch that. Not yet. Castle. Oh, yeah. um, it's very good, very funny, uh, and Lie to Me, which is good on Fox. It's cool. I, I can't quite get past uh, Nathan Fillion as anything other than uh, Malcolm. Mal- yeah. Well, I, I'm a Fillion supporter, so any work that he gets, I'm just like. Yeah, man! You go! You get out there and get some work. Yeah! Charlie, I believe this uh, leads into uh, one of your uh, favorite shows. What did doctor you know? Who. Oh. Who's your favorite doctor? Oh, why do you do this to me? Because I hate because you. Because <laughs> when we find another person who loves Doctor Who, it's, it's It changes, inevitable. because every time I watch a certain doctor, I'm like, that's my favorite doctor. And then... True. I, I and then the series ends, so you move to the next series. I'm like, okay, that's my favorite doctor. And then you start thinking, wait, I kind of miss the other doctors. Mm-hmm. So you go back and watch them again. You're like, yeah, they were definitely my favorite doctors. So. But right now, since it is the uh, sixth series, Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. Until I go back and watch like Tennant or Tom Baker or any of the other guys, like Peter Davison. So I don't. I like the Doctor in general. So have you had to watch any other real uh, anything before? Like, I haven't even seen all of the David Tennant ones because I caught them all in reruns, so mm. it's always jumping around. And then I've caught some of, and I can never remember his name, the guy before him. Oh, uh, Eccleston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think I've seen all the Matt Smith ones, but I've not gone any further back mm. than, than Eccleston. I've got some friends that, before I even knew what Doctor Who was, that they loved the old stuff long before yes. they brought it back. Yes. Um, but I, I've, and they would tell me all about it in great detail, but like, oh. Okay. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some of the old ones, um, just like bits and episodes that people have recommended, saying you know this is really good. Um, but yeah, I I came in my first. I never wanted to watch Doctor Who. I, in fact, sci-fi really isn't my genre. I can't. Usually, there are a lot of plot holes and you know hand waving of 
well, this happened, but we're not going to really explain it well. We're just going to... And then we wished it, and it happened, and then we move on. Um, and time travel, because you can never do time travel right. And so, Doctor Who, both instances at the same time. I'm not going to touch that. But I saw the trailer for Series 5, which featured the Weeping Angels. Oh, And yes. I was like, okay, that's creepy. I want to know what that is. So I watched... That was the episode blank, the first one with the Weeping Angels. I, no, I actually watched uh, Time of Angels first from Series 5, where he goes to the planet, and then they're like, yeah, uh, this, 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 this planet, inhabit- the inhabitants were uh, two-headed. Oh, that one, yeah, and yeah, yeah. all the statues had one head. And so finally, at the end of the episode, when he turns off the light, you find out that all of the statues were... Spoilers! Uh, all of them were... Yeah, that was freaking awesome, because I, I didn't see it coming. It never occurred to me when they were talking about two heads. Right, and the statues exactly. Just, that part just went over my head. So when I, when I, saw, when I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, you actually tricked me. A sci-fi show tricked me into thinking that I was safe and happy. No, no. <laughs> and so... I went back and started watch. I watched Blink, and I'm like, "This is freaking me out." And you know, of course, I learned about the the joy of uh, Stephen Moffat's work. So ever since then, I'm like, "Okay, I'll give Doctor Who a try. I trust you." Watched uh, from Eccleston to, well, kind of skipped through Eccleston. I didn't really care for Rose as a companion. She's all right. She's she pissed. I like me. Martha better, but yeah, she well, she's very flaky as far as her relationships go, and mm-hmm. I don't like that. So. I just kind of ignored her for a bit. Uh, definitely watched all of Martha and Donna and into this new series. But yeah. Holy cow. Blah, blah, blah. That's a cool show, though. <laughs> which, I mean, I have to admit, at first I wasn't so sure about Matt Smith. Right. They killed off Tennant. He was my favorite. Was, I loved him. He was incredible. But he's, he's charmed me. Matt yes. Smith is wonderful. It's weird because Tennant, when I went back to watch him, I noticed he has he has a true doctor quality where mm-hmm. he's he's funny and everything, but but he's embittered. You know, once he becomes the oncoming storm, and he, you know he has this noble attitude about him, but Matt Smith, he's kind of he kind of lacks that. But he's but he's yeah. he's endearing. He's clumsy, and he he makes a lot of mistakes. But then, don't really get him mad because he has this, like childish outbursts that yeah. really are pretty frightening. So it's interesting how each, especially since he's so young, mm-hmm. how he he took that role, and I think he's done a fantastic job. Definitely. What do you think of Amy Pond? I like her. I think she's a, a strong companion. She's not always needing to be safe. She, I mean, there are instances where it's like, Doctor, help us, but she can think for herself. I love Rory. Yes. And every Sunday since I don't have a cable, I watch it online. So the next day, uh, I found that the weekend is just filled with me raising my fist to the heavens yelling, Moffat! <laughs> Why did you kill Rory? <laughs> yeah. It'll never end. Mm-mm. No. So who do you think... How? So you are current on, on the Matt Smith episode? Yes. Who do you think River Song is? I have no idea. I don't want to make any assumptions because... See, the thing is, I've tried. I've tried to, like, predict what's going to happen in the series. And I've always been wrong because Moffat's yeah. just like... You think it's his... No. No. Yeah. No. Exactly. You have to come up with the, with the last thing you could possibly think it could exactly, be. Exactly, because like, I want to say it's his wife or something, but it's like, that's so simple. That's too simple. Yeah. And if it is, then I'm going to be kicking myself. Like, Why didn't I predict that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I She's a fantastic character, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad they brought her back, because after uh, her her end in, in Tenet's arc... Yeah, with the library. Like, you know, she was, she was such an interesting character. And then when she did come back, I'm like, you did not 
because their timelines are that makes oh that's what makes it really interesting right yeah Mm -hmm. the fact that they're living in opposite directions but I do love that we know in any given episode when she's in danger, you know she's not going to die. Yeah, true. You know how she because dies. You know how she dies. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing you can predict. Is I exactly. know you're not going to die this episode. Her, and as as the series goes on, she you know she's not going to die because we're moving backwards. Exactly. Which is kind of freaky. A little bit. Yeah, it's kind of the only character in the series you can be sure isn't going to die. Yeah, it's already happened. Exactly right. It's like, oh, well, you know, you hear the doctor's regenerations are coming short, and he keeps talking about how old he's getting, and you're like, oh, no, dude. But, but her, her end is set. You know, if anything, we're watching her pass as we move forward. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timeline. And that's why it works. Right. That's because they don't take it seriously. That's how they can pull off time travel and all this weird mm-hmm. sci-fi crap. But that's the weird thing. They don't take it seriously, yet it's serious business. And you're like, well, you know, you can have a fun romp through, like, messing with history. I mean, like, oh, so that's how the Watergate tapes were destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Or, yeah. or, wow, so that's the reason why this object is here and it's represented. And it gets so deep, and you're like, mm-hmm. isn't this supposed to be time travel and happiness? <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Like a girl in the fireplace. I don't know if you guys have seen that episode. Yeah. I was just like, I don't, 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 don't keep watching. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bitter, bitter person for watching a few sci-fi shows as a non-sci-fi fan. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, we just spent the last yeah, 30 minutes talking about Doctor Who. Speaking of which... That reminds me of that one time. No, sorry. <laughs> and that Heard one episode. You. <laughs> and you, Doctor Who. Um, Don't sorry. get me started. I should have saved that for my Geek Out panel for today. You can still do that. Yeah, they won't hear it. No, yeah, this will be weeks. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. This is for all the people who aren't at Hamacon. Yeah. That panel. We can you say you heard it here first, but it won't be true because you probably will have heard it somewhere. It, it, was, it was spoken here first. It was spoken here first. Just delay and. Yeah. Lag. So you're just jogging your memory. For your panel later Thank on. Thank you. Good, good. You're welcome. It's what we're here for. And then I, I go to my panel like, uh... <laughs> we'll send you some audio. Uh, can I steal the whole podcast and just play it? In my <laughs> <laughs> I'll, just... I, I'll dub it over myself. Yeah. <laughs> Visual joke. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. You should have been here. Oh, but you weren't. Oh, too bad. Oh, too bad. What? Uh, so, do you have any other uh, hobbies or side projects besides knitting? Knitting? No. Um, <laughs> I, I like music. Like, well, I'm not very good at it, but I like I like to play the drums and guitar. Um, I play the drums at my church occasionally when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Church has drums. Yeah. Nice. What does does your church not? Uh, no. Is it is it the piano and? Yeah. yeah. See, the weird thing is, my church kind of is like that. We we used a piano, but they tell me to get on the drum set, and it's only the piano and drums. There, there are no other okay. instruments. Okay, so, no. personally, I'm not a fan of that kind of music. But I mean, I think if if you're doing if you're doing worship, then it doesn't matter. Right. But musical preference, like if I'm being a music snob, then I'm like, it needs more than auto tune. Um, <laughs> 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 as as I say, a music snob, I mention auto tune in the same sentence. Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. You're no. a different kind of music the, snob. <laughs> the first church that starts using auto-tune for channels, <laughs> I am joining that church. Oh, that's, it'll be great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping whatever church I'm at, going straight to there, and be like, all right, sold. The <laughs> 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 piano and drums, that is a weird combo. It's interesting, because the piano has a, such a sweet melody, and then you have a drum set. Like, I think percussion can be used in any sort of, with any instrument, or even by itself. But it needs to be done right. And my style of drumming is definitely not the type that accompanies hymns. But for Christmas, uh, we did one of, we did a, a rendition of God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, mm-hmm. and I pulled out some rock beats. And the thing is, I think our church isn't really, doesn't like that kind of music, but afterwards, after we finished it, they're like, I never thought I could like a rock version of God uh, Rest You, Merry Gentlemen. I think this really was cool. I'm like, that wasn't my drumming. I actually listened to a band do that, so I just pulled up <laughs> <laughs> what I heard from them. But How yeah. do you keep from drowning out the piano? Because I've noticed in, in most churches that, that use like contemporary worship band type stuff, they usually have to encase the, the drums in a whole lot of plexiglass use, and wood. And... I use different sticks. Oh, and right. I've learned from my... Uh, I used to play drums back in... Uh, Hawaii for my worship team. My worship, yeah. Uh, for the worship team. I was just a kid. They worshiped him. That's yeah. his worship team. <laughs> yes. uh, I've learned to just, as a drummer, you know, you have guest drummers come in and they kind of just drown out everything and it becomes, you focus, instead of focusing on the worship, you focus on them. And I'm like, I don't ever want that. So I, I got sticks that kind of just, they don't make a, such a, a harsh sound and uh, I play softer hmm. so that it kind of blends a little more. Instead of being like, yeah! And bashing the cymbals and... Oh, wow. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you, Cleveland. One, two, three, Jesus! Yeah! Yeah! Worship death metal. Yeah. So, definitely don't want to be doing that, you know, when it's supposed to be really, really light and... I'm watching the blips on my computer. They just went nuts. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, computer. We can auto-tune that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We should just auto-tune the entire podcast. Auto-tune the podcast. You yes. should make a new YouTube channel called that. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Oh, John, no. Uh, <laughs> and off the rails. Uh, there it goes. We're professionals. Yes. Yeah, we sure are. Yes, it just means we get paid. Okay, where did you we get, get paid, paid for this? <laughs> oh, right. Where, did, did we get paid? Have you been not giving me my checks, you some bitch? <laughs> um, look at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Anyway. We're uh, in other areas. Sounds of a fight. We, we are probably getting close uh, to, to wrapping up, so I do want to ask a couple of, of serious questions. Cool. Uh, recently, we've been doing an interview series with a number of different voice actors uh, that we've called Voices for Japan, and it's uh, basically getting voice actors' thoughts on the situation in Japan since mm. the, uh, the earthquake back in yeah. March. Uh, so if you don't mind, I'd like to ask a couple of those questions. Sure. Um, what was your... Uh, initial reaction when you heard about the earthquake? Heartbreak and and fear. Um, I have, since I'm from Hawaii, a lot of my friends do travel to Japan, and I had two of them in particular, well, actually about four of them, went out for uh, either school 
mm -hmm. uh, for exchange, exchange programs or uh, mission mission work. So uh, I didn't know where they were at the time. I didn't know where specifically in Japan they were. So I was I was scared that you know if anything happened to them, these are my close friends. I don't want I don't want that to happen. And at the same time, you know, you think of of Japan as a whole. You know, this is this is devastating. It was just. As as the news kept coming in, and you got pictures and feeds of of what happened, and you see the before and after things, it, you just all you can really ask is just why, how? I mean, an earthquake, tidal wave, volcanoes, nuclear reactors spilling out there, badness and everything, and you just have to wonder all this at the same time. I mean. Was there a reason for it? Right. And so, and it was really important to me because I'm half Japanese, so, and Japan has had such a huge impact on, on my life. I mean, you know, I do voices for Japanese cartoons, you know, to this day, it still follows me. So, I, I was just, what was that? I'm sorry. Someone just got neutered in a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my condolences. Uh. Yeah, but it was it was heartbreaking. I mean, even when uh, during opening ceremonies they showed a video of just all the damage that happened after the earthquake, and it took a lot not to just tear up and yeah. Well, you actually answered my second question, oh. uh, which is usually uh, you know how how's Japan impacted you personally, professionally, but you know, you yeah. Oh, I'll. Being half Japanese, and you know, because I'm, I, I was raised in Hawaii, a lot of that Asian influence still, when when you're being raised, it, it's still it's still very present. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my mannerisms and everything is still based in my Asian roots. And I don't know. It just it's it's so weird to think that even though even though I can say I'm a, I'm an American, even though I can say I'm mixed, still feeling that sort of because it's such an important part of my life, that pride, you feel almost like you're a part of that. Mm -hmm. I was approached, I was in a a British uh, shop after it happened, and uh, this lady came up to me and was like, are you Japanese? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I just want to say I'm, I'm very sorry for what happened. And, you know, it's like, to me, I'm, it's like, I'm, not even, I'm not even pure Japanese. I'm just half. But the fact that, you know, because I am part of that race, it does, you know, I don't know, I'm not entirely sure what I'm trying to say, but, like, it still impacts you no matter what, I think. Yeah, I, well, I, I, you clearly have more of a connection to Japan than I do, but I think that's what Krell was, you know, saying that when it happened for us, it was, it, it had a very profound impact on me personally, and, and because of the things that we've been doing with, uh, you know, like the, the anime fans go back to Japan fundraiser and what's for Japan, things like that. Yeah. Even in just, you know, these last couple of months, it's really changed me personally. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I can, I can sense that something is, is different and I don't quite know how to put it into words. So I definitely understand what, what you mean when you say, you know, even though, you, you know, you can say you're an American, you know, half Japanese, what have you. 
that yeah, it's still definitely effect because even even for me having no ties to Japan whatsoever, aside from you know being an anime video game fan, mm-hmm. it's still definitely something I you know I I felt when it happened. Yeah. Um. So on that subject, um, as as an anime fan yourself, as as someone who yeah, is is a voiceover artist, you know, does work in uh, anime and video games. Um, what what is your impression of the response from both your colleagues, uh, your fellow actors, as well as your fellow anime fans? How they've responded to the prizes? They've been ridiculously supportive. Um, as soon as that happened, I was contacted by a bunch of podcasters. Uh, the the un- was it the the one piece the unofficial one piece podcast yeah. that was that was and uh, we got a bunch of voice actors on that program and just you know helped fundraise a lot of money. I yeah it was I, it was there were. I think we're at thirty-three thousand right now because we were we were part of that. Event. Yeah, yeah, and um, I started my own side thing. It just it was very small, uh, doing commissions on my DeviantArt uh, to help raise funds. Are you still doing that? Um, well, I'm currently I'm still working on them, but <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, but I, if people are still willing to donate, I will I will do whatever they want. Well, mostly, right. uh, but yeah, it was, uh, and then uh, Funimation held a signing. Mm-hmm. Essentially, a signing party. They got they got a, a bunch of voice actors together, a whole bunch of swag. Got all of us there, and we just signed away, and uh, we just hung out, and you know, we got interviewed and everything, and what our thoughts were. But it was just amazing to see the, the positive response from people within the industry and, and the fans, especially. You know, there are people going out out of their way buying everything they could that said, you know, help donate, you know, buy this, and we'll send money to there, or actually physically donating things. Um, to Japan and to those who who couldn't, they they started their own fundraising. They're like, hey, well, I'll do commissions too. I'll I'll start drawing and and raising money. I'll do whatever I can. And just just seeing, it, I think it's the first time I've seen the community as one, because we're always so divided in our opinions. And you know, especially you know, since our community is rooted online, there's room for division. There's no true like, well you're wrong because this is the internet kind of thing and I'm right and you know this, there's so much arguments and stuff like that I think that was the first time I've ever seen the, the community just be like well we're in this together and I, I was like it was, it was beautiful you know it's not often like it takes a lot apparently to, to get humanity to become as one rather than we're separate races and all that kind of stuff I mean like uh, take 9-11 for example right. when that happened all of America, despite all of our differences and, and anger towards each other, it, it just looks like, well, we're, we're one. So, yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. Awesome. Um, well, probably need to start wrapping up. I know you've got some, some stuff you got to do around the convention, and it's, it's really been a pleasure. But before we do, uh, is there anything that you want to say or anything that you want to pimp out before we go? Um, well, I just want to say thank you guys for listening this long right. <laughs> to, to, to the ramblings of, of Doctor Who fans. <laughs> um, and just thank you guys for the support you've shown. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for being here and uh, appreciate you uh, sticking around and hopefully we'll see you at some of the other conventions. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me.